welcome to another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Thea Jones. I am continuing my series, Living Your Best Life, and my guest today is Anik Evans. Yay! Ooh. Yay! Ooh. <laughs> And my co-host today is Mr. Alvin Jones Sr., but we all call him AJ, so you can call him AJ too. AJ, how you doing? I'm always in the house, ready to go. All righty. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Anique, and then I'm going to let her do some talking. We're going to have a candid conversation. How that sound to everybody? Sure, good. Like a plan. All right. So Anique Evans graduated from... Susquehanna. Hannah. Okay. I, I always get that wrong. <laughs> you were so close. I was so close. Susquehanna University in 2012, where she studied theater performance with a double minor in music and creative writing. For several years after graduation, she participated in many community theater productions throughout northern New Jersey, from acting to singing to dancing to directing, stage management, and many things in between. She works for the Total Traffic and Weather Network as a full-time producer and occasional traffic reporter for various radio stations in the New York Tri-State area, as well as CBS's morning news program, and she has been a member of the band Flip the Script for six years, where she sings, supporting vocals, and plays guitar. Welcome to the show, Anique. Hello. hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to have you. Good to have you. Well, this is going to be a great conversation because this new series that I'm doing is called Living Your Best Life. And I don't know nobody who's living their best life better than I'm knowing you. <laughs> I just found that out just a few days ago. And it was like, okay, you have got to be on my podcast. And you were like, yeah, I can do that. And we made it happen, right? Yeah. yeah. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are okay. You we're, uh, we're, I'm doing good. I see Mr. Oh, AJ's doing good. Yeah. We all see AJ doing good, right? Yeah, pouring that another glass of wine. AJ doing real good. Oh. Okay, but we ain't even into the podcast yet before he done had his second glass of wine, but we just going to let that go. Show you right. Okay. But anyway, 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 let's start this conversation going. Let's start this conversation going. So I spoke about you mm -hmm. from what you wrote on paper. Yes. But mm, we always know that there's more to a person than what is on paper. So I'm going to give you the floor. And I'm going to ask you to tell me more about yourself. So here's a direct question. Sure. So tell, I have this motto. Mm -hmm. And that motto is, I got a quote that I've been living by for the last maybe 20 years. Mm -hmm. The quote is from Howard Thurman, who's a theologian. And he says, don't ask the world what it needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Hmm. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Hmm. So what makes you come alive? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I feel like it's something that's constantly changing from year to year for me. Um, maybe it's because I don't want to blame it on my ADHD, but I feel like that <laughs> might have something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've always, as mentioned, you know, I've always been into theater and music and the performing arts. And um, that's always been a big staple for me. But I've gotten into video games and D&D &D and uh, all sorts of other things within the past few years. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see like 
how how your taste can vary just from your life experiences so yeah yeah you mentioned ADHD I think my whole entire family including <laughs> myself have a <laughs> have a little bit of that yeah, we, uh, we know how that works we, we're kind of high strung and intense because exactly you, uh, you fit this mode also you're creative mm-hmm. you know? yeah. yeah and what you find is when you meet your engineering types they tend to be you know so intelligent that they can't come back down and talk to the common folks. Mm-hmm. Us creative folks have the ability to go do that creative thing, but then involve all the folks that we're involved with. Yeah. So I think a big part of you is that creativity part that you have that allows you to, to uh, go into these different buckets. And you didn't mention how much of an animal lover you are too, because we, we know that about you too. Okay, <laughs> she left some things out. But that was, okay, but that was mostly Tasha's fault because she was the one that said, no, you have to take this little kitten. Look at how sweet he is look at how friendly he is and just pulled on my heartstrings because he was so sweet have you guys seen him by the way has he been around i i I never see the cat i know that that cat is an enemy of al jones senior but but i i never see the cat it's funny because sometimes when i come home when i pick up naomi sometimes as i'm getting her out the car she'll say oh there go the cat mm-hmm. and by the time i look over there the cat's gone because it, it, it has, the it has ran away the orange one is the one that stays around okay, the most so which one did you see this was a black saw, cat oh yeah it was a black cat, oh, okay. Okay. black cat it had white on on the the just above the nose and it had little white not fully white paws but like he looked like he was wearing fingerless gloves. Ah, okay. So okay. now, for you folks out there in Radio Land, she's describing an animal the way we describe people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she got okay. Freckles over here. Got the scar on the left side. Same thing. <laughs> so he did. He actually had like a scar on his see? nose. I think it was from just you know scratching himself because he you know had fleas yeah. and mange and stuff. But yeah. So Which are, is why we are you a, are you a um, animal lover? Do you oh, love yeah. animals? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She got the dog at home. Yes. Yeah. 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 She got A.A. Ron. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Inside he's, joke. He's a, he's a step up above an animal, I would say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the funny thing about Aaron is that I was, I was definitely more of a cat person before I met him. And he has turned me into not a dog person, but now I am both a cat person and a dog person. Ah. I wouldn't say that I like one more than the other. Okay. Okay. I probably do still like cats more, but okay. I understand dog lovers now yes. in a way that I didn't before I had one. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You you mentioned theater, so we're going to talk about that a little bit because theater is, is something that I hold very dear to my heart, too. So. Mm. How did you get involved? Um, was it a passion? Is it still a passion? What made you? What led you to theater? Oh yeah, it's it's always been a passion for me. Um, I think just ever since I was in, uh, very young, you know, I've I've been taking. I took dance lessons, and uh, I grew up taking piano lessons, and I would sing in choir. So. Um, it felt sort of natural that I would wind up doing things on stage. And I think, I can't say where it started out specifically with the acting portion of it, but um, I think my first major, I did some enrichment programs like for over the summer and then in 
and that was about in middle school, I guess. And then in high school, I was in the musicals in my high school, and I was in it for all four years, and I absolutely loved it. Okay. Um, so when I went to college, that was one thing that I was considering, but. I loved theater, I loved music, I loved writing, I also was very interested in science and biology, and so it was hard finding a school that had all those different things, yeah. especially with like the, the science thrown in there. That seems to be the curveball when I mention that to everybody. <laughs> um, but when, when I first got there, um, a lot of the people that I wound up being friends with were creative writing majors. Yes, okay. So <coughs> that was, it sort of just seemed like this natural path and it's a long story that I feel like I shouldn't tell because I don't want to ramble on for too long. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'll let you know when you're rambling. Okay. I, I want to hear. I'm interested. Yeah. Okay. So, I am very interested. So when I first um, went into Susquehanna, I was, my major was liberal arts open, which basically means I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, they have... The, the opening weekend for freshmen, um, each department had little barbecue cookouts all around the campus. And um, the one that I was sort of, you, you were assigned there based on your, um, based on your major. Mm-hmm. But since I didn't have a major, but I, I had mentioned that these were the things I was interested in. And the one person that was in front of me and the person behind me were both in the creative writing program, so they were, I just caught, got caught in the crosstalk between yep. them <laughs> and sort of just wound up following them to the creative writing, um, the, the creative writing picnic, or barbecue, tomato, tomato, yeah. and I wound up making some lifelong friends there. Some, some of my best friends that I still talk to there today are from that picnic. It was meant to picnic. be. Yeah, yeah. And okay. It was, it, it was so much fun, we had a great time. Uh, one of the teachers gave us an extra tray of hot dogs, which we walked around the campus trying to give to people at the end of the day, and <laughs> nobody wanted them because they were like eight hours old at that point. Yes. Yes. It was just the experience of being a bunch of freshmen walking around campus, talking to random people, and figuring out what we were doing, and it was just crazy, silly fun. And um, yeah, some of those people are still my best friends. Um, so because of that, I just grew close with them and I started, I, I declared creative writing as my major, I think, in my second semester. Um, and I did that for about a year and it was really good to look into that sort of introspective aspect of myself yeah. and express myself creatively through writing. Um, but I found that after a while I would just get so caught up in my own head that I needed something more physical. Okay. So after a year I switched my major to theater and I feel like after I did that everything sort of clicked into place for me. It just, okay. I, I still had, and also in that I added a, uh, a minor in music. So. I was basically doing like the three things, the three creative things that I loved the most. And once theater came into the foreground, I, I feel like I managed to find this balance. Mm-hmm. So I still had creative writing as my second minor, or I guess technically my first minor, and music was the second minor. But um, 
so I was still able to express myself in that introspective way, but then I had the more physical aspect of being on stage, interacting with people, um, doing stagecraft with like building things and uh, painting sets and and I think that that was just, once I figured that out, everything just sort of made sense for me at that point. Okay. okay can I ask you, yeah. what yeah. made you pick that particular university to go to in the first place? Um, it was their varying degrees of programs and the fact that they had not just um, an English department, but specifically a creative writing department with professors that were published um, authors of poetry, prose and nonfiction, okay. uh, novelists and um, essay writers, all sorts of different things, instead of just, you know, English as, as a major is very right. varied, but like specifically creative writing and what it takes to do that. It's, it's more than just reading the material and writing essays, uh, dissecting a book. It's about, you know, what, what can come out of you. And that's what I like. So I like that. Also, it had a very good science department, and I was very interested in biology. Unfortunately, that did fall to the wayside. But um, because it's a liberal arts college, I was required to take a bio or some sort of science course mm -hmm. there. And the one that I took was specifically a biology course, and I loved it. Wow! It was amazing. Wow. It was so it was so great, and one of the poems that I wrote for a creative writing for my creative writing class was about a field trip that I had taken in the biology class where we went up um, a mountain or like a hill a cliffside along the Susquehanna River okay. in Pennsylvania and we searched for fossils from I believe it was the Cretaceous period and yeah, the fact that I remember that it's from the Cretaceous mm. period just lets you know that that's something. something that stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and we found these little slates of you know fossils, and you could see the the prints of them. And that experience was just so cool to me that things from hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago are still around. And even though they take this trip every year, you could still find some. And that was just so special to me. Okay. Yeah, I love that whole conversation you just had because yeah, it, it seems like creativity and science mm -hmm. kind of go together. It's the same way I feel about creativity and religion, which is mm. still part of sciences. It's still mm -hmm. the sciences, religion, and all that stuff. Because I, I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking I almost had, like, the same type of journey. Really? Right, because, you know, I'm a writer. Yes. So writing yeah, and course. playwright, mm -hmm. you know, all, all that stuff. While at the same time, I had this great love for religion. Mm -hmm. So trying to mix the two, has always been something that I've tried to do. Mm -hmm. Let's put it all together. So, the creative writing part of it. Yeah. Have you written anything? Did have you um, written any poetry? Any um, short stories? Any uh, part of the writing part of it? Yes. Um, the only major things that I got published were things in the in my in my college. Um, uh, there were there was an essay. Was it? There was a personal essay that I wrote that got published, and I'm pretty sure that poem that I wrote about about that science trip that got published as well okay. in in a poetry um, book. Um, you don't get you don't get to write a full publish. I mean, I guess you could self publish something there, but mm -hmm. to get something published specifically 
through the the university you would have to have stayed a creative creative writing major which right, i didn't right. but um through um essay compilations and uh, short story compilations and poem compilations i did get some of my work put into that oh yeah. okay okay that's that sounds good Absolutely. yeah that sounds really good and how about marrying that uh, creative writing with songwriting have you ever mm. sat down tried to write your own original music yes um i've that was something that I did a lot in high school, and I remember looking back on it after I came home from college, and I thought to myself, I think I remember coming back the first year, uh, there was, I, I found a notebook of some, some stuff that I had written my sophomore year of high school, and I came back as a freshman in college, and I was reading through it, and I was like, wow, this is pretty good. And then I was looking at it again after I graduated college, and I'm like, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> oh, this is really bad. I thought this was good. Oh, no. I didn't know anything about writing compared to what I know now. And even still, like, the things that I wrote that got published, you know, there, there are still things in that that I knew that I wanted to change, but I just had to get it out. So, um but yeah, I, I wrote songs, and, and even after college, there's a couple songs that I wrote. Um, haven't really showed them to anybody. I've showed them to like a couple people, friends and family. And right, things, right, but, right. Yeah. You didn't do like me and just terrorize my whole family <laughs> with these horrible, th I would just come up with a riff on the keyboard. I learned three chords, and I wrote like 10 songs off the, the riff and the, uh, the chords I knew. Mm -hmm. And I would blast it in the house, and they all would just look at me. <laughs> and I'm walking around, my chest mm -hmm. poked out. I'm the man. And but, but like you said, when you sat back and listened to it, you're like, oh. Yeah, but here's the good thing about that. That is good, though, because you get to see your growth. Yes. When you can go back and... Um, and, and listen to something that you did and it wasn't that good or you wrote because I got a lot of writing out there too that I have published that I'll be like oh god why did I publish that mm -hmm. but I'm glad I did because it gave me an opportunity to see my growth so yes. you get to see your growth and I want yeah. you to share those songs with us okay that you wrote because I'm telling you what somebody else's garbage is somebody else's treasure right Sure. So even though you're looking like, okay, this is not good. I don't want this. You never know you what never people know. can do. You know, you yeah, never know. Never so, know. And, and that segues into Flip the Script. Sure, yeah. Because, uh, you know, we're talking music now. So I want you to yeah. talk about, I want you to talk about Flip the Script. I want you to talk about what it means to be a member of Flip the Script and right. how you got there. Let me interject for one yeah, moment, Yeah, interject. <laughs> Two weeks from this Thursday, Flip the Script Band will be celebrating 14 years as a unit and Miss Evans rolled into the band around the 2017 time frame yes so that means she has been with us for like the last six of these years yeah you know what I mean and uh, I would ask you uh, three questions to, sure. to kind of set it up for you okay do you remember Rehearsal number one. Mm -hmm. I do. <laughs> Share a little bit of that. Do I have to? The good parts. I, I, would, I would like to, to know what happened on rehearsal number one. Uh, am I allowed to tell that story? Is that okay? The or, good parts. The uh, good parts? Yes. Wait a minute. There's some bad parts? It's not bad. I might want to hear the bad parts, you know, but okay. Only tell what you want to tell. That's it. It's legal now. <laughs> okay. Because that's the thing. I was like, am I allowed to, to uh, okay. talk about just, that? Just Please. Tell what you're comfortable saying. Okay. Sure. <laughs> mm. 
Okay. So, um, yeah, it was my first rehearsal, and I was very nervous because I, I, I knew Tasha and Regine very well, but I, I, there's three other people that I had never met before, and I wanted to, you know, not necessarily impress them, just but just make sure that I fit well in the band. And um, you're you're giggling <laughs> over there. You're, because I see it as you're talking. Well, I see it happening. I'm going to need you to paint a picture because obviously I wasn't there and neither was our audience. So we want to know what happened. So we know that um, our lovely bassist loves to partake in uh, all sorts of spe- bohemian bohemian things. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Some, some, some special treats. And... Um, I mean, it made me feel really good that on on my first rehearsal, they they he was willing to offer it to to me because that made me feel very included with everybody else. Um, but my tolerance is not the best, ah. and I am very aware of this. <laughs> so um, they the squares were about like maybe two centimeters mm-hmm. big. I took about like a, an eighth of one. <laughs> And I think we started playing. Tasha says that it was the way. Yes. It was. I don't. I. I can't remember what song it was at this point. Yes, it but was. But I assume that it was. It was a very slow song. It was a very chill song, but that song lasted. <laughs> it's. A, it's a three-minute song. I felt like we were in there for forty-five minutes. <laughs> it like time just stretched exponentially in that time, and I think. Um, Regine tried to request um, uh, some, uh, it was either Gwen Stefani or No Doubt song and again it was very slow had this kind of chill feel to it and I was just like okay I'm just trying to keep my cool and not let everybody know that I am like part way to losing my mind Um, so I was just like sitting there very like prim and proper with my hands on my knees so that I didn't start fidgeting and like possibly fall off my chair. If I'd stood up, I might have just fallen, fallen down. So I was just like, as, as if I just don't move and don't say anything, they won't realize just how intoxicated I am. And, and let me just share this. And you laughed at me. So the rest of y'all could understand. <laughs> we had been together at that point, right? We had been together from 2009 to, to 2017. We never, ever did that before. And I said to Anique when she came in, and then, you know, we, we started, you know, going down this path. I, I looked at her, I said, look, I hope you don't believe this is how we always are. <laughs> I said, I want you to understand, this is the first time that we've ever done this. Which I was surprised at. <laughs> yeah, and it, it turned mean, out it to be a so, great night. Yeah, it was, it was so just nonchalantly, he was just passing them out, like, okay, this is a thing, is this normal? All right, sure. Now we're going to fast forward. Yeah. Because that was the first rehearsal. Now we're going to move up to the first gig. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that gig? I do. Where were we at? We were at Bunny's. Bunny's in South Orange. Mm-hmm. We did the incredible uh, ALS function for Meg who passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, her brother had went through that condition, so that's why she would do this benefit. So here you are. It's your first time in the band, in the space, and we come in there to rip this place down. What was your experience like from that night? Uh, I loved it. It was it was so great to, to to be out there and to to get to like just ex- just express all the stuff that we'd been working so hard on. 
And uh, for me, one of the most memorable things was like, I was so, I had had, I didn't have the set list memorized, but I had a very good idea of like, okay, we're doing this and then we're doing this. So like, I knew where, like where to keep the vibe, how to feel. And then AJ in his AJ fashion says, hey, let's change up the set list. Let's do this song instead of this song. Um, let's, let's do this one first. And I was like, that, that's not what, that's, that's, that, but that's not what's on the paper. Oh no, okay, um, all right, all right. So I just had to like change my mindset and it was fine, it all worked out. Yep. But that was the first time that I realized that the set list um, is more just a set of guidelines a guide. than actual rules. Yeah. Sometimes you'll just pull stuff out that I've never even played before. I think we did that at, yeah, Million Dollar Bill. Yep. Um, the, the first time we played that, I was like, I've never heard this song in my life. <laughs> and everybody else is singing it, and, and I'm singing left, right, up, down. I'm like pointing in the wrong direction. <laughs> I don't know the words. I'm just like, watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. I'm just like moving my lips, trying to pretend like I know what I'm doing, and I'm just singing like, sure, I've got work at five in the morning, but yeah, I'm just. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. And my last segue, where I let Caroline back in, mm -hmm. yeah, is you remember our last gig, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, that was July 1st at our lovely Spiota Park. Yeah. And what can you tell us about that last gig that sticks with you, something that resonates with you from that last gig, and the comfort level from gig one to yeah. this gig? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like there was a lot of, I, I feel like I had a lot of butterflies the way that I did with that first gig because there was a lot of stuff on that set list that was new stuff, yes, stuff that we hadn't done stuff. before. And so I was feeling a lot of that sort of trepidation. But I think the most relief that I felt was just after it was over and just seeing everybody and like, everybody was like, oh, it was so great. And even some of my um, friends from uh, my apartment complex had come to see it and I wasn't expecting them to show up, but they did. And they're like, yeah, we love this music. This was so good to see you. And, and like, I, I'm loving the vibe and the kind of songs you're playing. So um, just getting to, to know that even though I was nervous about how everything was going, that the crowd still was enjoying it. Just made me feel so much better about how, how everything went. Okay. Yeah. So after six years being part of um, Flip the Script, you still are nervous every single time you go on that stage? Not necessarily every single time. I get nervous for specific songs. Oh, and okay. I know that other people in the band get nervous about certain songs. Like, I think... Um, yeah, there are times when we do, we're about to do I'm Every Woman, and Tasha's like, oh my god, it's, it's so much belting, it's so much screaming, and, and, and then we have to go into the Brunos, and it's just like, it's, oh, it's so okay. much. And like, that makes yeah. sense, though. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, that would mean that it would make sense of the, the order in which you have these songs. Mm -hmm. So, and so when, so when, so he when changes yes, it up, that's what I'm saying, when he changes it up, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. But you know yeah. me, and you know me. So I, yeah, I know my you. thing is that what happens to people in life is we are creatures of, of comfort and habit. That's what we like. We like order. We don't like chaos. And I like to open up the door, throw the, pull the pin, yes, throw the grenade in, yes, and does. slam the door. Yeah, he And sure what do. it does mm -hmm. is it brings that extra level, level of energy, brings that anxiety, get that ramp up. That's why a lot of songs we start playing faster because we get so amped up. Oh, that's You know what why. I mean? Oh, yeah. That, that's why during one thing we were like, the song <laughs> was over before we even started. Yeah, man. 
you get yeah. so amped up. I have to always tell myself to breathe. There are some times where I'll be playing, I forget to breathe. Then I do a fill and I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's wrong? You're yeah. not breathing, man. Yes. You got to breathe. So you ain't the only one no, who get excited. No, And if you, you know? don't feel like, I yeah. always tell people, yeah. if I don't feel that butterflies and those trepidations in my stomach before the gig start, it's going to be a bad gig. Every single gig. I, I did have a couple gigs where I was just so calm. It scared me. So I don't like that. I want to feel that nervous energy because that tells me I'm going to put on a good show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that excitement is always good to have. It and, is. And it we is. should get her also explain her flipper name to us. Yeah. Okay, so I, I wasn't finished with the with the flipper flipper question anyway. Sure. So what is your flipper name? It is New Flipper. New Flipper. What does that mean? So, I mean... It's part of it is the obvious answer that I was the newest member of the band. Okay. And I very much still consider myself the baby of this family because sometimes they will tell jokes that are sort of general generational things that will just go way over your head. And I'll just be like, okay, I'm not even going to pretend that I know what this is. I'm just going to wait till somebody says something that I understand and I'll be like, okay. Yeah. I got that yeah. joke. Didn't get the last one, but I got this one. Um, but also just Nubian. Nubian. Because we are all, you know, from the motherland. We all have that connection. Oh. Okay. So who came up who came up with that part? I did too. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Absolutely. So who came up with that part? Okay. You did. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So you really like being a part of Flip the Script? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I hate them SOBs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can tell the truth. I mean, you know, I won't I won't tell nobody. I can't I won't. say it while he's in the room. I know, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, when she came to us, she came to us singing at first. Uh, then she shows up the next week. She has an acoustic guitar. So yeah. she's playing guitar. And then uh, one night she came to the house <laughs> and uh, somehow she didn't get the memo. It was because I was sick the prior week with COVID. So the rehearsal, or it was like every two weeks. Yep. So we had missed that rehearsal. And uh, so I had missed that rehearsal. And so I thought that we were still doing the next week. So I came in <laughs> and luckily the door was unlocked or I would have just been hanging out in your backyard as a trespasser and hopefully nobody would have called the cops on me. Um, but yeah, I came in and I had my guitar slung over my back and, and, and AJ, you were like, well, what are you what doing, are you doing here? here? I just happened to have the door open because I was killed back there chilling. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she came in, so she said, look, while I'm here, at least we can cover a couple songs. Yeah, because we had a gig that weekend, so yeah. I figured that we would, you know, just go over everything, but the idea was to rest our voices. Yes, keep it fresh. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't get that memo because yes. they had decided it at the rehearsal that I was not at. And, I and was no one called you. And no one called Nobody you. Called Nobody called me. No one called you. It wasn't in the group chat. Nope. Yeah. But the highlight was uh, I gave her my electric guitar. Mm -hmm. I said, here, why don't you strum on this a little bit? And to my great surprise, she had never really played electric guitar before, no. which was comical to me, like as a guitar player, that you hadn't picked up an electric and uh, she kind of took to it like a little bit of a fish here. Mm -hmm. So I let her take it home with her so she could, you know, mess around with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she came back, you know, I guess several subsequent rehearsals later, I presented you with your own electric guitar. Yeah. Right. So that you could now have that tone underneath your fingertips. And at the last gig, she came with both guitars. You know oh, okay. I, mean? I still only used one. <laughs> yeah. But. All right. So do you consider yourself a folk um, 
guitarist? I mean, do you like folk songs? What kind of songs do you like? Because you are the the, the youngest yeah. member of the group, and I know that they play a lot of songs that before you were even born, you know. But so, what is your um, style of music? What do you like? Um, it's very varied. I I tend to be. I know it's kind of boring, but I tend to listen to a lot of just like the typical top 40, what's on the radio stuff. But It's um, not boring. Those are universal so, yeah. songs because yeah. the hardest thing in the world yeah. is to write a song that the whole world loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to create some stuff that only I like, <laughs> which is half my catalog. Yeah. But it's hard to hit that three, four minute song that the whole world resonates yeah. to. So there's nothing wrong with top 40. Yeah, I listen to top 40 too. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like that. I also like, you know, alternative rock. Yes. I like... Um, just a, like a little sprinkling of metal here and there, um, but yeah, like you said, folk, um, yeah, a lot of pop as well, uh, blues, R and B. Yeah, um, I I really developed a love for jazz in college as well. Okay, um, okay. So like, especially just the the, the basic standards. Like I I love that stuff, and I was in, I was in the jazz ensemble, and that sort of solidified that love for me. So I I always really liked that and I grew up listening to that as well so okay. yeah just kind of a, a, a mix of, of things yeah Absolutely. so I'm gonna ask you um AJ <laughs> did you know that she had a, a love for jazz no so because uh, um let me finish my sentence because oh. I know that there are opportunities for for you to do some jazz stuff so that's why I'm, I'm wondering I'm like did you know that she had a love for jazz because maybe you can incorporate some jazz and there could be some instances where you just bring in a jazz group as opposed to an R&B group. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, well, yeah. we actually, you know, if you look at the banner for the band, it says it's we do, it. you know, dance, pop, R&B, funk, jazz. You yeah. Know, so we yeah. do have that in our banner. And uh, we had a couple of gigs, uh, like the thing we did at the uh, for the tennis, the Harlem mm-hmm. the Junior Tennis mm-hmm. Association. Right. So a couple of times we learned things like uh, My Funny Valentine. Yeah, that. Uh, summertime. summertime. Yeah, so I know that we've so, done those. Yeah, so I've, I've been there for those. We, gigs, so the, yeah. the standards to me, that's why they're called the standards. Mm-hmm. Okay, every band should have a version of the standards under their fingertips. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to do it like Lena Horne did it. You're right, not going to do course, it like Ella Fitzgerald did it, but you're going to take that standard and you're going to refresh it and bring it into the way you do it. And depending upon the setting, because we could take that same summertime. And we can go into a hip-hop uh, club, and we could do a hip-hop version of Summertime, okay? People be like, yo, that's that Summertime from that movie, Porgy and Bess, you know? They'll be like, yeah, that's what it is. But it's the presentation of how you do it. Mm-hmm. But the more key for me, when I joined the jazz band in 2000, I joined that band for two reasons. Number one, I consider myself a funk R&B drummer. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that elasticity and that stretchy feel that jazz drummers have. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get a little bit of that in my playing. So that was the number one reason I joined the band. I wanted to expand my own playing. Mm-hmm. Number two was I knew like the top 10 <laughs> jazz songs. Miles Davis, Kind of Blue, Herbie Hancock, Watermelon Man, you know, Horex Silver, you know, Song for My Father. I knew like those top 10 songs. Mm-hmm. I joined the band so I could stretch my vocabulary, so I could learn more. And when I first joined the band, it was incredible because April was in the band. Mm-hmm. April wasn't. Her mother was an opera singer. She was trained as a classical opera singer. And so when that girl opened up her voice and started singing, I'm behind her playing the drums. I'm like, (laughs) 
you know, and a matter of fact, let me tell you how crazy this is. The very first gig I did with them, a lot like you, when you walk in the door, you learn. We went to the Robert Treat Hotel, opened the door, it was a sea of people. I was like, oh, this is for real. I'm thinking it's gonna be like a, a regular type gig. No, that place was packed. And her signature song was My Funny Valentine. Wow. And I couldn't play My Funny Valentine the way that she needed to play. Oh. So I took my drumsticks and I handed them to our sax player, who was the leader of the band. I said, yo, and his name was Lonnie Jones. You know, I said, yo, Lonnie. Oh, Lonnie. I said, here you go. He said, what you doing? I said, I grabbed my camera. I said, I'm about to take some pictures. <laughs> he said, but, but, I said, dude, you, you're the one that showed me the songs. You're not really a drummer, but you're a jazz guy, and you know the feel of the song. And I said, and that's her signature song, and your boy ain't messing that one up on this night. And he played the drums on that song, and I took pictures. But when I came back to rehearsal the next time, I sat in the studio, put the headphones on. I must have played that song 50 times. When I walked in, they all looked at me. I said, count it off. And I had it from that point on. So yeah. that's why you need to have those in your yeah. repertoire. And, and I, would, I would love to hear some more jazz because where I have a whole wide range of music too mm -hmm. that I love, I love jazz. I love blues. I even love folks songs you know so i you know i can listen to pop i can listen i love r&b i can listen to chorus gospel a little bit of country you know I, so i like all of the songs but i would love to hear more jazz coming from the flip the script side because you know to me it's like flip the script means that you know at any given time we're gonna flip the script Absolutely. you know what i'm saying so i would love to see you do more jazz stuff and Let's i think that. that i think you could handle that that's why i'm asking you okay because i think you can handle that so i'm putting you on blast on you know national radio don't worry <laughs> you know so <laughs> I, i'll double down on your yes, blast because i i, I want to see it i want to see so it happen. the first song that the not the first song the one song that we actually do that is the jazziest of all the songs is the, the Precious that we do by uh, Esperanza Spaulding. It's a okay. hard song, but we, for some reason, that's mostly because of Jay. Jay loved that song, so we quickly learned it, and it's a hard song with a lot of twists and turns, but we actually do it very well. Mm -hmm. That's the jazziest thing we have in our repertoire. Okay, but I want to see some more jazz. I want to hear. One thing I, I would say, I'm, I want to hear some more. I said I'm going to double down on your what you just said. Okay. So I don't think I've. I, I may have said this to you. But I, always, I probably say it to everybody else, and maybe I don't say it to you. And I always said, after we were together for about a good three years, I said, you are the one person in the band who has the most upside in the band. I said, because first off, you bring the youthful energy that you have. Yeah. I said, number two, you sing. But number three, you play an instrument. Right, So exactly. when me, yeah. Jay, and Junior talk to Tasha and Ray Jean, they don't talk music the way we talk music. We can talk that with you. Okay, And when we talk singing to them, they understand that, and they talk it back to us better than we do because we sing slack ground vocals as opposed to background vocals. Mm -hmm. But you also sing. So you have almost like that triple threat kind of, of, of mindset in the sense of playing, singing, and then the potential with youth to, to be that next uh, uh, top-tier performer in the band because that's the energy that you have within you. You may not even know you have that. Right. But when I talk to everybody else, that's what I always say. It's like, yo, yeah, yeah, new flipper, she the one. She, she got that, she yeah. got that glow. She don't know she got it, but she got it. <laughs> I'd like to see that growth. I, I would like to see that growth because you, you know, you have your hands in a lot of things. But I feel, I'm feeling right now that there's a lot more to you that Absolutely. we have not that we seen yet. And, and right, that we have not tapped in yet. So I would I would love to see you um, 
you know, take some center stage stuff and do some more jazzy type. Um, yeah. Even even some folk songs. There's some Listen, great folk songs. You that, heard her you know out there killing that Beyonce cuff it. So, that was her joint. She oh was killing gosh. that song. Might have to throw a little bit of that as a little. We can sneak a little bit of that in this uh, podcast. I'll give you the track and you can okay, fly a little could, bit in. We, we could do that. I um I was not at the last show because I was at a conference, so I wasn't able to be at the last show, so I missed it. You know, but you know, I'll, I'll get to hear it again. Yeah, man. I'll get to hear it again. And okay, we need to talk about this whole weather situation. Well, that was my next question because uh, my, when she talked about science and everything. Question. Yes, that, yes, that, yes. There it is. That's the yes. tie-in. Yes, that was my next question. My next question is: I wanted you to bring in the whole traffic thing <laughs> because it's like we we could sit here and talk all the creative stuff all day long yeah, but then we got a twist in this <laughs> you are a traffic girl yes so please tell me how that happened okay <laughs> please, <laughs> please tell me how that happened yes uh so uh i should i need to start with what my job was before then and i i do still do this as well um i am a sales associate at Macy's and I work in the women's shoe department so uh, there was one day that I was working there and uh, I was helping a customer and I think she was buying shoes for either her daughter's sweet 16 or some mother-daughter event I can't remember what specifically it was but she needed some like nice fancy shoes so we were just talking back and forth and you know she was like oh do you like this one do you like that one better and i was saying oh well you know this one you know it, it fits your foot better but i think the straps on this look nicer and just giving her tips and stuff and we just got chatting and she said you know i really like your voice have you have you ever done radio before and i mentioned to her that i did radio in college um susquehanna um, I don't know if they still do, but at the time that I was there was the largest self-run student radio program in Pennsylvania. Um, so they have a very like, and, and it was specifically a rock station, but they had um, uh, a jazz segment on Sundays and with being involved in jazz there, I got that. So I was okay. a, a DJ on air for that. And then I just did some late night shifts every now and then as well. So I got into that and I was telling her about that and mentioning that I did theater. And she's like, you know, I could tell because you just have this like vibe about, yeah, about yeah. you. And she said, well, I work for this uh, traffic broadcasting company and I would love to have you come in and talk to my boss about maybe recording a demo or doing some reporting there and I said absolutely that sounds great yeah um, so she gave me her number and I called her back I set up a meeting with uh, the director over at total traffic and when I went in, uh, I met everybody that worked there. I saw all the sound booths where all the recorder, uh, the reporters record their reports and all the different traffic cameras that they have stationed around all the... And this was in New York City? No, this was in, in Rutherford. This okay, is in the, Rutherford. the place where I still okay. work now. Um, and I, I met up with the director and he said, well, we don't have a reporting position, position right now, but we might be able to start you off as a producer, but I, I want to get to know how, how well you know the roads at first. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know much about the actual roads, <clears throat> so he was asking me questions like, you know, where, what county is this road in? I'm like, I, I, 
don't know. <laughs> um, well, what, and so he was asking me about, you know, um, some, I don't, I don't know, say like the Staten Island Expressway or something. Right. And I said, well, that's it's in Staten, Staten Island. Island. Right, yeah. that, that's what I would have said. <laughs> but I, I didn't know, I, I, all I knew, and I mentioned this to him, was that I don't, I don't know much, but I know that Route 80 intersects with 280 somewhere. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was literally all I knew. And he said, okay, well. We're going to buy um, you a map. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Tracy, the person that I had helped yeah. with the shoes, uh, well, Tracy seems to really like you, and I can tell that you, you know, you seem to have a work ethic, you have a good resume. So take some time, study the roads up, um, and maybe in a few months we'll circle back and touch base. Okay. So I went home, and every single day I basically studied a new road so first day it was the new jersey turnpike next day it was the garden state parkway then it was um 287 the the bqe and next day it was uh the gowanus or which is still part of 287 which i now know from that um then i would do the cross bronx expressway the major deegan expressway harlem river drive um the west side highway and slowly but surely I sort of like built the map of the tri-state area in my head so I get a call back a few months later and it's the same director and he says hey we have a new position open would you like to come in and I said yeah absolutely and at the time I didn't have a car so my dad drove me in and I remember the the night before I was like studying like I was like cramming for a test Mm -hmm. so I was going back all over the roads and you know, I, I realized that like I knew what the main roads were, but I didn't know the towns that they go through. I didn't know right. the counties that they went through. Um, so I was a little nervous about that. And so I asked my dad to quiz me while we were in the car. And every single road that he asked me about, I didn't know it. So I went in there like trying not to panic because <laughs> he was asking me about all these things and they were, you know, pretty big roads, but right. I just, they just happened to be ones that I didn't know. And I realized that there were so, still so many so gaps yeah. that I had had yet to fill. Um, but when I got in there and I talked to the director, every single question that he asked me was one that I knew. Okay. Oh. So he asked me about okay. 287 and asked me to describe it. And I said, well, it starts in New Jersey in, um, and, and it starts going by... Uh, it, it starts at 440 and then merges into 287 and it goes up... Um, through Westchester or through Rockland and then goes across the Tappan Zee into Westchester and he's like perfect that's great Uh, tell me about the Cross Bronx Expressway and I said well it starts um, at the GWB and it goes across and goes up through uh, across the Bronx goes east west and continues into the New England Thruway and it's also known as 95 great he loves that and I remember the very last question that he asked me was there's a road now, we've already mentioned um, the main road in Staten Island, which is the Staten Island Expressway, but there's another big road in there. What is it? And I laughed to myself in my head because that was the last one that I had studied the night before as I was cramming before I went to bed. And then I said, it's the Vets Highway, 440. And he's like, wonderful, fantastic. I'm so impressed. You got the job. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. That's, that's nice. Yeah. I'm going to applaud that. Yeah, yeah. Man, we're going to clap yeah. that up. We're going to clap that up. 
that was really good because I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm like, I don't know what none of those places is. <laughs> I I am so map challenged right here. Listen, you know, he this, will tell you. This the chick that went to go drop the daughter off at Newark Symphony Center. Girl, I got lost. Right. <laughs> Told her to get the newspaper. It was a Sunday. Get the Daily News. Mm. Now the time is going by, the time is going by, but I ain't, I'm figuring that she's dealing with Key, you know, because he was in a beauty pageant. So all of a sudden, I don't even know, I think we might have just had cell phones then. Whatever. Get a call. I was in Hackensack. She was in Hackensack. And you were supposed to be in Newark? Because listen, I, said, hold I it. don't know Newark. I said, hold it, hold I didn't it, know it, Newark it, when it. we first moved to East Star. I, I didn't know Newark. I said, how okay. did you get, I said, it's not the fact that you're in Hackensack that's bugging me out. I said, but do you know how many cities are between Newark it's, and it's Hackensack? A, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a like, lot. You couldn't have picked one of those and like detoured off? Listen, to my defense, we had just moved to East Orange from Hackensack. I was, you know, raised in Teaneck, so I'm a Bergen County girl. I only know Bergen County. I did not know Essex County, and I sure didn't know Newark. But don't say but. Don't say but. Okay. Don't. You on my side, Just Anique. Don't, don't you worry. Don't is say but. Hackensack still in Bergen County? Yes. Yeah, but she was still stuck in Bergen but, but she I was in but County, I was from, okay. County, and went to Bergen County. Listen. Do you know why? She said to me, and this is when I shut up. I said, you know how many cities between... <laughs> I said, Which, okay. I said, why did you go to Hackensack? Because. She said... Because I know how to get home from <laughs> Don't y'all laugh at me, okay? All right, listen. That was, listen. listen that, you know I what that was to me? I have always That was been, a drop the mic moment. Okay, I would have always been to say after that. geography uh, Ge- challenge. Geographically challenged. Because let me tell you something. I even, even now I tell him, listen, I always go the same way I always go because I don't really understand... I get I get turned around. I get I I'm sorry. I'm not even gonna try to explain. We're talking about you right now, Anique. We're not talking about me. So we're gonna move this conversation right 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 oh back to you. Right back to you. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I will say, even after working there for however many years, I I can look at a map and I can tell you from I, I can tell you what exit on route uh on on the parkway this like what town this exit is on the parkway um when it comes to and and i can i can see the entire map of new york city in my head when i come out of a subway station i still have to walk to the end of the block to know where i am (laughs) okay and a friend of mine hannah who was a creative writing major from that first story that i told you yes i had to direct her around new york we were going to see a play we got we, we we walked like three blocks in the wrong direction to get to a subway. We missed like four subway trains because okay. it took See. us that long to, to figure out where we were and realize that we were walking in the wrong direction and then double back. Okay, so you see how easy it that is, can be. It is very okay. easy to get lost. And, That's and, it. That's and the funny it. thing was, my um, I, I mentioned that story to people and it's like, how do you get lost in New York City? It's a grid. The, the numbers go up and down. And it's like, yes, but like if you don't know which way you're oriented when you're coming out from somewhere <clears> underground, That's it right. is very easy That's to... And like once you I never get lost. Oh, stop. I just don't know where I'm going, but I never get lost. Yeah, so, and that was the thing. We weren't technically lost. It just took us a a block or two (laughs) to realize that we were going in the wrong direction. And then we doubled back and we were very late getting home. We got home a lot, I think, like two hours later than we meant to, but we made it back. We were fine. That's it. I made it home. Yeah. 
I don't care how many hours later. I, I went. I went from the place I knew back home. So you know. Let me ask you this, uh, Anique, because yeah. this is the part of this job that I find yeah. like crazy to me. Like, I would love to have that job, except for one part. What time do you go on air? <laughs> so for the when I produce or well not report for CBS. I have to wake up at 2 a.m. Folks, let me say that again. What time do you have to get up? 2 a.m. And what time are you on the air reporting? Uh, five, well, the, the show starts at 4.30. Yes. The first traffic report as, is at 5.15. God bless you. And it's, even on the weekends when I'm just doing my normal producing job, that's still at 5 a.m. So okay. I was up at 5 a.m. today. Okay. And so does it does it bother you to get up that uh, early? I hate it. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I am not a morning person. And when I first became full-time as a producer, I was working the mornings. I was doing 5 to 1, Monday to Friday, and it was probably the most miserable that I've ever been in my adult life. Yes. And... I was lucky enough that once I finally, that was in the transition period mm -hmm. for me going from part-time to full-time was that stint. But after that, they switched me to some weekend hours and some evening or some um, afternoon shifts. And the weekends, they still suck, but at least I can have all of Sunday and usually Sunday is like my recovery day recovery, because yes. I work early in the morning sometimes I still have to go to Macy's but then I can come back and just crash and sleep and then I don't have work until 2 p.m. the next day oh, okay. so I, I can sort of try to reset my body it's it's tough Okay. So Anique is yeah. the Jamaican in the group. Oh, yeah. She got I'm, 52 jobs. I know, right? Yes, no, I am. I am. My, my dad is Jamaican. It's, it's in my blood. Exactly. Oh, is your dad Jamaican? Mm -hmm. Yep. He came over from yeah. Kingston, age 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. So All let right. me ask you, uh, do you enjoy this work then? You know, even with the hours and everything, and you've been doing it for quite a while. Do you enjoy it? I do. I do. Okay. Um, I think I like the, the reporting more, and not necessarily just at CBS, but... Um, even the the radio reporting uh because that it's it's a lot of me just sitting like this in a small booth or in in my room in my apartment talking to myself but again it's i i'm using my voice i'm using my body i'm yeah. working on my inflections and yes it's delivering information but i'm I'll, i'm thinking about the way that i'm doing it and i could just say everything monotone and talk like this and da 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 mm -hmm. but if you're listening and you're trying to listen out for the road that you know that's near you if you're just hearing somebody talk very monotone you're going to miss it but if i say and now over to the bqe we've got an accident mm -hmm. at exit you know whatever right um that that sort of up and down and the lilting of the voice that can let people know okay so she got to this thing and now we're over here on the George Washington Bridge and we have an accident blocking two right. lanes and now let's take a look at the Lincoln Tunnel traffic is, is moving much better there so you can see yeah. as my voice is going up and down that I'm talking about something new so keeping those sorts of things in mind it's again that social aspect that I love about uh, just being around people and doing that sort of thing. So that's yeah. again that like body experience that I like more than just being in my own head with the producing. Right, mm -hmm. and it ties into the whole acting thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And exactly. I almost Everything, hate to say yeah. this, but right. you know what they say to us all the time? She what? speaks very well. 
Of course <laughs> she does. But I like that. And one thing, uh, we're going to pivot. Uh, I don't know if you had this in your notes, but briefly she mentioned about her father. So we don't know your family. Uh, would you give a little rundown on your family? Uh, you, you got siblings, mom and dad. Can you give us a little quick rundown on your nuclear family? Sure, yeah. Um, so my mom and dad, um, like, like I said, my dad, he, he was born in Jamaica. He emigrated here with his family when he was 12. He's one of eight siblings, so very big family, and they all lived in New York. And that's where he met my mom, who was grew up in the Bronx, um, and they both worked at the World Trade Center. She is, um, I don't know all of her lineage, but I know that she's got like some Trinidadian, she's got some Tobago. Um, so I, I kind of like to think of myself as like a Caribbean mutt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they both worked for the World Trade Center and that's kind of how they met was, I, I feel like it should be a movie. They should make it a movie because they met on a subway and my dad who was- That same subway you was lost in. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it was the A train in the Bronx at- Wow. Um, something off of uh, Laconia Avenue because that's the street that my mom grew up on. And um, somebody, he was asking somebody for directions to get to the World Trade Center because he was starting his job there. And somebody was giving him some weird convoluted directions and her being a native New Yorker. I mean, granted, he at that time, I guess, he, he, he was as well at that time. He, he considers himself a New Yorker. But to get to the World Trade Center, he didn't know how to do that very well. But she, who had already been working there, was like, let me let me tell this guy how to actually get there. Yeah. So they got on the train. So they they got the directions and they were going to the same place. So they started talking, um, and they exchanged numbers. And uh, one of the things that I find funny about the story was that after they parted ways for the day, um, when my dad first called my mom back, the first date that he tried to ask her out on was to invite him to his brother's wedding. And that's like a very big commitment for a first date. Yes. Mm -hmm. So my mom said no. She said no. She's like, you seem like a nice guy, but that's a lot of pressure. Yes. So. She didn't go. No, she didn't. Wow. And he was like, okay, all right, that's fair. Um, maybe we can just do like dinner instead. So yeah. eventually a few weeks later, they wound up getting dinner or something. I don't know how, how the story goes from there, but. I just find that funny that, you know, the idea of like meeting in the subway and then talking on the train and then, you know, they've got this, ooh, I'm gonna take her on the state and she's gonna meet my whole family. And it's like, your family is enormous. That is that is way too much for yes. a first date. Well, he should know, <laughs> oh, Al yeah. Jones should know yeah. that situation. You say enormous, how many How many um, eight. siblings? Eight? So oh, eight? no, not, not, not her siblings. Well, father. My, my father. Yeah, my father oh. is one of eight. Okay. Um, my mother is one of three, and I also have a brother, okay. and he is three years older than me. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm one of so twelve. So you're the baby in the family. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm the baby in that family, and I'm the baby in this family. Yes. Too. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm one of 12, so when he first met me... Oh, you're talking about yeah, pressure. so, you know, he... Your he mom was, ain't know nothing. He was, he this was, was pressure. He was meeting um, my brothers and sisters in piecemeal. Yeah. He, he didn't meet them all at one time. Mm. He just... I never told him that, yeah. you know, I had this large Listen, family, you know. Let me give he it was, to you He was just meeting them one at a time. So, hey, you know? AJ, this is my brother. Hey, how you doing, man? AJ, this is my brother. Hey, how you doing? 
AJ, this is my sister. How you doing? Yeah, what's up? AJ, this is my sister. How you doing? Yeah, AJ, this is my brother. <laughs> how many damn brothers and sisters you got? She said, how many did you meet? I was like, one, two, I had to take my shoe off. <laughs> yeah, I, six. Oh, uh, there's five more. The hell is this? I will say, what the hell is this? I will say, including the half siblings, I think that that you and my dad are matched because uh, there there was, um, I think both of my grandparents had either remarried or had okay. yes. other relationships. So it was he is including the half siblings yes. of twelve. Okay, Absolutely. yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah these are all natural, <laughs> all from the same tree. All from Nora the same and Johnny tree. Mitchell. Yes. We are the tribe of John and Nora. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But, you know, I like that you said it should be a movie because I'm thinking in that's my head. That's creative writing. Right. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. in my head. I'm saying, well, you know what? It could be a movie if you wrote it. Who better to write the story exactly. than the daughter exactly. of the relationship? Exactly. A hundred percent. So, you know, you're, you're, you're a lot like me. So you're probably a dreamer. So, you know, I have another quote that I love Mm -hmm. and it's from Bernard Shaw and it's other people see things and say why but I dream things that never were and say why not Hmm. so I see that as a movie in the making why not right yeah yeah Yeah, I think it honestly um, one of the things that I, I wanted to do and I think I might still do it um there's this uh, ad that I saw online for something called Storyworth. And I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I wanted to do it um, for for my parents and let them write their story of yeah. how they met. And I, I, as a kid, and my mom will will tell you, I was always asking, what kinds of things did you do as a kid? What kinds of games did you play? Where did you go? Like, what what yeah. places did you go to to have fun? And. Um, at my grandmother's funeral, um, uh, my cousins or aunts and uncles um, were reminiscing about growing up in New York in the Bronx and like, oh yeah, we would go to um, this place and, and we would go to this club and then there was a fire here at one time and then we were out on, on this street and we got we saw somebody get arrested or whatever and they were just laughing about all these things and I'm yeah. like this, these are the stories that I love this yeah. is the stuff that I want so I want to now hopefully my mom will never listen to this because I want to surprise her with it <laughs> actually no I, al- I already told her if that I wanted to get this for her so I guess it won't be a surprise anyways were. but I want to d- I want to <laughs> Uh, do story worth for her and and have her write those experiences but I want to give her the time to to write it down because there is like a deadline for it and yeah. I, I mm-hmm. wanted to do it with my dad too but yeah, man. Uh, I want to give them the time to really think about those experiences and mm-hmm. let me know or, or expand on them in, in their own pace and in their own time yeah. Because yeah. but see my thing yeah. is you yeah. can't you have to you gotta put the little heat on them mm. because what the problem is this is why she said I set up the video camera mm-hmm. I call myself the documenter yeah. and the reason being is because this is not for the three of us sitting here mm-hmm. this is for the rest of the world when we're gone they're gonna say what was Anique really like and they're gonna be able to pull up that clip and look at it and see you in your actual authentic self and if you wait too long, you know, my mother passed away in 92, 53 years old. My sister passed away two years before her, 38 years old. My brother passed away 2012, 44 years old. 
in my mind, oh, I got the rest of my life with these people. And what happens is we don't. So that's why you have to step in. You got to do it while you have a chance. And if you can get it done in time, they will get a chance to enjoy it before they exit out of this place that we call Earth. Okay? Yeah. So don't be afraid to put a little pressure on your parents. Yes. Yeah. You, you really have to because I know Kiana brought me a book. And it's a book pretty much like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's a book that allows me to tell my story. Mm -hmm. And um, I keep saying I'm going to fill these things. And I filled out some of it, but there's still a lot that I haven't done. And I forgot all about that book until now we're talking about it. Now I have to go find that book again so right. I can continue to put that information in but there. But what do you always yeah. say about Naomi? <clears throat> what do I always say about Naomi? Naomi don't know the land, the family lineage. We have to, oh, in the yeah. old days, you yeah. sat down and you yeah. spoke it to them. Yeah. You know, you're the daughter of Kiana, who's the daughter of Caroline, who is the, you know, and you have yeah. to work that out. And we're not doing that because anymore. Because what happened we is should. right where you see this picture yeah. was a picture of my mother. I had a little black and white picture of my mother. It was a little five by seven. And I, I used to go to the World Trade Center all the time to see all the live music in the plaza. Mm -hmm. And I used to walk down Fulton Street and there was this guy who used to sit in, you know how the store, you have the windows, but the door is all the way in the back, mm -hmm. so you walk past the windows, that'd be the display case for all the stuff. And he would be in there drawing. I didn't see he had a picture, I thought he was freehand drawing, and he was drawing some amazing shit. So the one day I really looked, I realized he had a picture. So I brought the picture, I said, yo, my man, could you do that for this picture? And he said, yeah. He said, would you mind if I take some liberties with it? I said, oh, ease up, bro. That's my mama. <laughs> All right, now, ease up. And he took it from a black and white, turned it to color. And my mother was in Atlantic City. She was leaning against a column. And she kind of got a leg up and a hand up over her head. And she'd be looking at whoever took the picture. And so he turned it into color. It is a fantastic picture. I came home one day, and Caroline grabbed me. She said, you're not going to believe this. Your grandson came in here and said, Gaga, who is that? I had never sat him down and explained to him that that was my mother. Mm -hmm. So I had to sit down and I, had to, I found all old pictures. I had to break them out, show my sister, my brother, and all the stuff that he don't know. Mm -hmm. But he did get a chance to meet my brother. But just to show him, mm -hmm. because that's that lineage and that legacy, and what you're talking about with your family is you're talking about your family's legacy. Yeah. So absolutely, don't, yeah. don't be afraid to put absolutely. it down. Absolutely, and, and one of the things that I will say was that I always knew that my dad was one of eight in the nuclear family and then one of 12 but again at this funeral I sat down with my mom and I was like okay so and I was looking at all the aunts and uncles and cousins and there's like 35 cousins just, just, just on my generational yes. level that's not counting like everybody else above and below and like the the yeah. second cousins and and cousins ones removed and, and aunts and uncles and all that <laughs> stuff um, and I was like so I know I, I know five of them off the top of my head because a lot of his siblings still live down in Florida in the same area that my grandparents lived. But what about the other, like, so so what's the deal? How, how what is the, the, the lineup of all 12? Mm -hmm. And so I remember sitting um, at the table at the repast um, 
and my mom was like drawing out the family tree on uh, one of the uh, the programs yes. of the the, oh, yeah. the the funeral the the funeral program and saying like okay so this is Aunt Sandra this is Aunt Kay this is your dad this is Uncle Teddy this is Sister Dorothy this is Cherry this is uh, yeah and yes. it's like okay so all right so so this one's a half sibling but this one's a f- okay got it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah it's so, very so very important, important. Yeah. so very very important um legacy al knows that i i'm doing legacy building right now so to me legacy building is about um preparing things to leave behind i leave behind for my children's children's children Mm -hmm. you know because you know they're not going to really know me know me and so i want to leave little tidbits of things behind so i write a lot of books i write a lot of personal journals and essays i publish those things i publish them so that they can i can have the brick and mortar things to hand out and give and i do the same thing um with my parents my parents um are now deceased for the last three years and so i'm also trying to to to, waiting for the appropriate time to introduce naomi to my mom her picture's on the wall too but you don't know you know she's two years old she doesn't know who this person is and because of what al said about our grandson who lived in this house and had no idea who that woman was but he wanted to know why is there a woman who i don't know on my on our wall mm-hmm. how is this woman related to us right mm-hmm. so I, i'm gonna make sure that i continue to do that so i say all that to say that don't hesitate when it comes to what you're trying to do with your mom and think about writing that story yeah I will. Okay, I will. think about writing that story. Because you know her birthday just passed, and it was one of the things that I was considering getting her. Yeah. But she had her list of stuff. And I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. this would be a nice sentimental thing. But honestly, and I didn't want to say this before because I didn't want to put my dad on blast. But mm-hmm. I tried to do it with my dad. Mm-hmm. I, I I I paid for the whole thing and. For uh, a man who is retired and living in Florida, he is so busy. Yeah. And he just didn't get around to it. My so. idol. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm going to bug him about it. Yeah. So I said, hey, yeah. I'm going to give this to mom, but it doesn't have to be a one-person story. You can do it for two people. Yeah. yeah. And all of those stories that you were talking about at grandma's funeral, yeah. I want to hear about those. I want yeah. you to tell the story about how you two met. I want to hear about what it was like for mom growing yeah. up. I'll, I want to be here about your parents, your grandparents, what it was like growing up in Jamaica. I want all those who's things. the creative in your parents, your mother or your father? My mom. So she's the one who's going to get it done. I'm be quite honest <laughs> with you. Your father's just going to be like me. We're going to hang out, have a good time and just keep the party going. But your mom going to be the one to do the yeoman's work. So yeah. it will have to be that collaborative effort. But once he sees the path she's going down, he's going to want to be involved. Yeah, mm. yeah. I really hope so. Absolutely. Because I know that he has a lot of stories. Then, then you got to say it like this, too. You got to put on them big doe eyes. <laughs> you go, go, Mom, Dad, this is for me. I'm the baby in the family. This is for me. You got to make him feel guilty. Yeah, you can make <laughs> Guilt <it> always works. <laughs> But Anique, I know our time is up now, but it has been really wonderful. Amazing. I've learned so much about it. I learned so much about you too. So it's not going to be the same when you come down for rehearsals. I feel like <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know her now. Before I like didn't really know her, but but I do have one last question before sure, you yeah. you depart from here. Okay. So, what do you do in your spare time? What spare time? I told you she's Jamaican. <laughs> that girl got fifty eleven jobs. I know. So it's like, I got to ask the question though. So what do you do in your spare time? 
<laughs> so so beyond you know the beyond the everything and, you just said yeah yeah um recently i have been uh deeply immersed in the nerd culture like right. very much so i um, like that a lot of a lot of video games not necessarily so much playing them but watching playthroughs just because i don't really have the time to actually like sit down and play games myself but i love seeing the stories that video games can tell and okay. through that lens of um there's something i guess it's funny that i i like to watch the playthroughs but i don't actually play it's not them. that i don't like playing them but that i don't have the time to play them right but the fact that while you're playing a game you have the agency to tell the story so it's not just something that you're sitting and watching like a movie even if it is something very sim- cinematic like say uh the last of us which they made into a tv show yeah yeah um that was a video game first and it tells this amazing story um but I've been doing I've I, I I watch a lot of those. I also play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. And that has been like old school my yeah. my thing. And something that I have realized about that is that it is it is very collaborative and it is very creative in the storytelling aspect because it's a lot of improv, similar to like theater and acting, but a lot of it is, you know, feeding off of somebody's energy in a scene when you're talking to it could be you know just talking to a shopkeeper or it could be talking to Mm -hmm. somebody else in your adventuring party and you're telling your super tragic backstory but then like you feel like you're closer to this person and it's you know a friend of mine from college who I've known for years and we'll get into a fake argument about some artifact that we found in a dungeon that like we should should we destroy it or should we keep it and we'll get into a super heated argument about it but at the end of the day we'll just laugh and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I I love that I love that collaborative storytelling again and it's very reminiscent of theater and it gives me a chance to do something that gives me that feeling of uh, being physical and being in the mindset of another person, which I really like. But it also has the mechanics of like, do you attack? Do you cast a spell? Do you do a persuasion check? Do you um, do an intimidation role to try to get somebody to tell you information? And it's so open-ended and similar to video games it's like this open world sandbox where you can do anything you want so it's it's got that creative aspect that sort of feels like creative writing but it also has that aspect of role playing and being somebody else and it's so it's got that acting too and i just okay. I, I love that it has a, a lot of the things that i love about the the creative sides of my life Oh, love beautiful. It. Love it. Video Absolutely. games have changed since the last time I played them. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I might have to, you know, check it out. I used to play video games, too, when I, with the kids when they were growing up. Mm. But um, it has been an amazing time talking with you. Absolutely. I, I hope you Thank felt you. comfortable having this candid conversation oh, yeah. with AJ and I. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, this, is, this has been great. Yeah. This has been wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. No, thank you for accepting the invitation. I, I'm glad to have you here. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, you've been listening to Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Pierre Jones. I hope you enjoyed this segment um, with Anique Evans. This is our Living Your Best Life series with myself, Dr. Caroline Pierre Jones, and AJ Jones. Yay, yay. 
Yeah, so we'll be coming back with another individual who will be telling us about their best life that they're living because we want to see everybody happy, right, AJ? We sure do. We ain't haters like that. Exactly. We want everybody to have a good life, so we want everybody to talk about all the good things that they do in life. But if you would like to um, be a part of this series, you can certainly reach out to me, Dr. Caroline Padilla-Jones. You can send me an email or... Yeah, just an email <laughs> at Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry or S H S I C Ministry at gmail.com and I'll reach out to you and we can have a candid conversation too. So thank you for joining us and have a beautiful day. And we'll supply the wine. <laughs> we will not. <laughs> See how you stop this thing.